This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. Today we're going to continue with a message by Pastor Bill Henderson, alias Pastor for Disaster, nickname because he brings food, water, and needed resources to suffering people. This is actually the third program, third day, a continuation of the message, It's Time to Break the Back of Shipwrecked Faith, where he was speaking to the staff of World Ministries International and their families. Let's continue and finish the message. And my mama said, I told you guys, if you had God in this hospital, this wouldn't be a hospital. If you had God in this hospital, this would be a church. (laughs) Stay with me. Stay with me. So I I went part of the time in the children's hospital, part of the time at where I was born, Queen of Angels, which is now a 14-story church. If you have God in a facility... It becomes a church. But the real church is the gathering of people. One of the original words is strategileo. And it means a group arising like a military army, a military force to advance the kingdom of God. And we're called soldiers for Jesus. You stay in the race long enough and you finally come to that place. Instead of for Jesus, we become soldiers of Jesus. Come on, can I get a witness? Look at your neighbor and say, you're that army. You're rising up. So there's my background. And now I grow up knowing the ta-da and the ah! And I know all that. And I still wanted to do my thing. And I started fighting and I'll tell you why I started fighting. My mom, I came home one day and she goes, why are you so hungry? And I said, George. She goes, George what? George who? And I said, George, he steals everybody's lunch. And my mom says, when she started that, look out. <laughs> that finger went. She goes, you come home one more day hungry. She goes, you'll have to fight me. I'm going. <laughs> now, George was a head taller than me. He had been held back like two grades. He was big. And I'm like, in second grade, and George is like, up here. I'm down here. And so I went, George? Mom. George? I I chose George. (laughs) And so I, even before I got born again, born again, I always had this thing where I would just say, help. I would cry out to God. I mean, this might be a little iffy. But I got this vision. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't want mom to whip me. 
I don't know what to do with George. So George would take the sack lunch every day and he'd unroll it and he'd look in there and he'd take out what he wanted, which was normally everything. He might leave you one and then he'd give you back the sack and he'd be eating your stuff. And I said, self, I know how this is going to work. So when George took my sack and he was looking down in there, I just brought one up from the floor. <laughs> I knocked out George and I became the kingpin fighter in second grade. And it never stopped till I was 27 years old. How crazy is this? One day the Lord said, you know, I allowed you to fight so you'd understand the fight of faith because it is a fight and it's a fight of endurance and it's a fight of not calling things that are as though they are, but it's calling things that are as though they are not. And we can go on and on about the steadfastness of faith. The word faith is trust. In the Old Testament word, it's emunah. And it's lifestyle and character and conduct. But really, it's both. When you get in the kingdom of God, we've got to trust, 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 and allow our lifestyle, our character, and our conduct to become lined up with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I have another message I used to do and still do called calling versus character. And a lot of times, calling will take you down the road faster than you can believe. But if your character hasn't been sanctified yet, if you haven't prayed that price, that's where we kind of get thrown off the story sometimes. Now, let's fast forward. There it was. I was born at a young age. I get miracle. And now I get born again on a drug overdose. You heard the story. I just told you. Now I'm in the kingdom, barely. And I said, God, I will do anything. I will do everything. I just don't want to backslide. And uh, I saw Ken Copeland and Fred Price and two others, because I used to go check myself in a hotel. I still do it to this day, just so I can pray. Put a towel over the TV, lay and pray, and pray in tongues. At this time, I hadn't got tongues yet. And they said, if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, your chances of backsliding are way bigger. And I went, oh, no. And so that day I went and I said, Sis, do you speak in tongues? And she said, Not yet. And I said, Well, we grew up Baptist. I thought that was of the devil. And she said, Let me ask you something. Did you find any of it in bags that you sold? Did you find it in the street fighting? Did you find it in jail? Did you find it out there? And I said, No, there weren't no tongues. And she goes, And maybe it wasn't of the devil. And I said, well, what are you going to do? And she goes, well, I'm working on it. I said, well, I'm going to go get it. And she goes, well, we'll just see. And I go, watch. And I went a block away from where I lived. I went into my bedroom and I said, Jesus, now the Baptists teach you, if it be your will. So I said, if it be your will, I'll take this gift called tongues. And all of a sudden, out of my belly, I thought it was like starting a Harley or something. And it was andala, andala. And I was visualizing my motorcycle. And all of a sudden, I said, oh, man. I went back and I said, sis, I got it. And so ever since then, I just get away and until I see stuff. So here, it's in my book. It's in this one over here. This was my first funeral I entitled it Track Bouquet. The lady that was my mom's friend and our family lived right across the street. 
And when she saw that I was so changed by the power of Jesus, and she wanted to hear my testimony, and she says, when I die, I want you to do my funeral. And I said, well, don't die now. Come on, it's okay. Well, about a month later, she did. She passed away. And then so I'm like, how do you do a funeral? I'm just new at this stuff. So I called a couple of pastors. I'm calling my sister. I'm calling everybody. And all of them said, the Lord will show you. And I'm going, I want you to tell me. And they go, when you pray, the Lord will show you. And I'm like going, okay. And you give me a challenge. I like challenges. So I just said, then I'm just going to go in the bathroom. And I said, I'm going to stand up on the edge of the tub. I'm going to pray in the shower. And if I stop praying, I'll fall down and crack my head or something. I'm not going to give up until God shows me the way. So the first hour, I'm kasha kapahasoto. I don't know how to do a funeral. Bon second hour. Third and fourth hour. That water was so cold. And my heart was hot. And I get a vision. I went, oh my gosh, I got it. So I went and I told my sister. And I told my brother. And they went, did you test the spirits? Are you sure if you do that, I don't know you? And I'm thinking, oh man, maybe I'm in the flesh. Maybe this is not good. But through the message, I kept seeing me put gospel tracks in the fingers of the lady. And make like a bouquet of, instead of flowers, it's gospel tracks. And I begin to say, ladies and gentlemen, shell and hell nut, she didn't go to hell. Hell ain't swell, hell is hot. Don't be a fool today, be cool, make heaven. Come and let shell and hell nut hand you a track. Because she went to heaven and she wants you to go to heaven. She told me she wanted me to do the funeral because she knew I would talk about Jesus like I've done for the last hour. And I, come and let Shelly Helena, let her just hand you a track. And the ones that knew the Lord, they looked like Red Skeleton. They can take a track and... Yeah. Remember Red Skeleton? Hey. The ones that didn't know, I had to guide their hand towards the tracks. And then I was like, okay, all the tracks are gone, all the people. And the whole time, their mouths were just like, oh. And I'm thinking, man, God really anointed me. So strong that people couldn't even close their mouth the whole hour. And I ran over to my sister. I said, sis, dear God, the power of heaven has filled this place. I said, no one could close their mouth for the whole last hour. And she said, that's because, you idiot, you've been calling her Shellen Hellnut for one hour. Do you not remember her name is Helen Shellnut? Not Shellen Hellnut? I thought I was anointed. Oh, God. I'm telling you, I wanted the carpet to create me a hole in a trap door. And I'm just like, oh, I quit. I, I'm done. I said, sis, you finish. She goes, oh, no, no, I warned you. you. You have to go through this. And I said, God, I'm just, I'm done. And the Lord says, why don't you just ask for forgiveness? And, you know, in my message, through everything I say and teach, the message of forgiveness can only come by one way. You know, our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For you're the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. All men is what translations put. There's two more verses. It's another one of those Matthew 7 scary kind of verses. And it says, because if you don't forgive others, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your sins. But as we forgive, then He forgives us. I went to the gravesite and I said, guys, would you forgive me? I am so sorry. I'm nervous. It's my first funeral. I don't know what I'm doing. And I am, always have been dyslexic. I need somebody to forgive me. Very slowly, a lot of hands and hairy eyebrows were up. Pretty soon a finger went up. Pretty soon a hand went up. Pretty soon they all did. I finished that message over 50 people. And a guy in a wheelchair rolled down just before they lowered shell and hell nut into the, <laughs> into the ground. Her whole family, eight people, all but one person, her whole family gave their life to the Lord that day and about 50 people. So come on, God will take our blunders and He will make a wonder. I could tell you so many stories. We talked about them on the broadcast. Traveling the nations, prophetic acts like we just drink in the Bible. It's just a prophetic act. But we're just saying, Lord, fill me today afresh. And, you know, the real secret is praying in the Spirit. So... Probably all of you have that, but if there's anybody here that's not fluent or flowing, I would love to pray for you. So one of the recent stories, and that's in this other book here, and there's a picture back there, and I was talking to some of you the pastors here. It shows everybody in military uniforms, and everyone's doing a thumbs up, and it's like, yay. And it's the military that's in the Padang, Indonesia. And we went there after the earthquake, mudslide, 400 families and schools drowned in mud. And Jan Crouch flew me and a team of eight over to Indonesia. And the, one of the things the Lord said, stand on Psalm 83.3. And I almost forgot about it, but I did towards the last and thank God I did. We go there to Jakarta and it's mostly all Islamic. They've never even seen our Bible. Okay, so everybody, and there's, there's underground churches, etc. And then we caught a plane, flew over to Padong, then rented a van, they give you a driver, and we drove a van into the jungle that was just on a road that kind of went like that. We get there, and it's like, yay, the Americans are here. They thought I was some kind of a colonel or something, and they were translating, and, and I was just kind of like, What's going here? And tell them that I need the yellow curtain up, that we need to go. You know, I just act like I had authority. I just acted like it. And they were just like, <laughs> and they were obeying. And so they lifted up the tape and we walked over where all the devastation was with a translator. Ladies and gentlemen. And my friend Bobby, I got pictures of this in the book too. Ladies and gentlemen, we come from America and we have a message we have a message, Indonesia, Jesus saves. And I started preaching, there's no other name under heaven whereby man can be saved, but at the name of Jesus, not Allah, Jesus. Every eye will see, knee bow, and tongue confess that He is Lord. And I gave my testimony real quick. I said, who wants to know? There was about 500. 
hundred people, over half of them came forward in the jungle, got on their knees. We started handing out Bibles that I smugged in. I found out later they could have assassinated me for. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. And we're like, what's this? And they were throwing rocks. And I blew a shofar about the size of that one right there. And I went, the few started throwing rocks. Then here comes all these motorcycles. And they got in front of our van. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And all my team's looking at me like, now what? And I said, well, I didn't come here to die. I don't feel it's time. I said, let's get out of here. Had two military men with me. They jumped out and they started moving motorcycles out of the way. And it was a little bit of a physical altercation out there. And the driver wouldn't go. And I said, tell the driver to drive now. And he wouldn't do it. And I said, why won't he go? And he says, because Allah will kill him. And I said, tell him I've not been saved that long. I will kill him if he doesn't go. And he still wouldn't go. So I just, <clears throat> you know, I did. I'm just confessing my faults before the brethren. And I grabbed his arm and I hit him about ten times. And he went, and he starts driving. He's got one gimp arm. Pretty soon he goes, like a and what does he want now? And he's asking for a cigarette because his arm is in so much pain. And my street preaching 35-year friend, he's looking at me and he goes, you know, that don't sound half bad. He says, I'm pretty nervous myself. I'll have one of them cigarettes. But he was joking, of course. They chased us for three hours. Three hours through the jungle. At one point, they shoved a log. We went around it. They pushed a big cow. We went around it. And then you had to go through a police checkpoint and to God be the glory the gates were up and we did not stop we just kept driving and they're like looking at us like huh can you do that what are we doing and then all of a sudden we're driving driving it's torrential rain the thing starts black smoke rice patties on both sides behold there was one house with a four by four pickup truck I said everybody give me your rubies your ruples or whatever they call their money over there I had a fistful and then I said, okay, Lord, now what? And we knock on the door and we said, we're late for church. We didn't tell him we we're being chased. We're late for church here. It's yours if you get us to church on time. And the guy did it. And then they were behind us. Here they came on their motorcycles. And I said, God, Psalm 83.3, the chosen, the protected, the cherished, and the word tosophon is invisible. And all of a sudden, they stopped chasing us, looking this way and that way. And it was only one road, two lanes, rice paddies on both sides. And you could tell we must have vanished. This has happened time and time again in Haiti and in Mexico and all these places we go where there's serious disasters. So anyways, when you guys do take an offering today, decide to do that. If you purchase some product back there, if you give any kind of a donation, you're sending this wild man, once upon a time a dope dealer, and now I'm a hope dealer, and you're helping send me to the nations. Right now, can we have some music, and can I just do a final little thing? You don't, don't mind? Watch what I'm about to tell you before we pray. I'm going to mention, say, four things. But the last thing, most of your hands will go up. And if no hands go up, then we know what you need. Watch. How many people got saved by a street preacher? Like Schombach? 
You don't have any troubles. He got saved by a street preacher. All you need is faith in God. He said one time, Sean Buck, I knew him pretty good. He laid hands on me a few times. He used to travel with him. And he said, he was walking in and somebody, hey, sinner! He said, well, that's me. So he turned around, he listened to the guy, and he ended up giving his life to Jesus, become one of the most greatest tent preachers besides old Robert that ever walked the earth. Okay, I'm a street preacher. Jesus was. About 15 times it's not known. About 30 times Jesus preached in the synagogue. But 165 times Jesus was preaching outdoors. And he said in Matthew 4.19, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. So if he preached outdoors, we should too. Amen? How many got saved by a radio? You did? Who was it? Come here a little louder. I just, I'm curious. You were listening to a radio and they gave an altar call on the radio? So the song ministered to you and you cry and you got, wow, praise God for radios, praise God for TVs. How about a crusade? You know, old Roberts, Billy Graham, Greg Laurie, all these crusades. They fill thousands of people, go to stadiums. By the way, YWAM did a survey and about 2 to 3% stay the course on the big tadas. Just telling you. Anybody get saved in a big crusade? So I did go down the list, and now we have Facebook. And actually, there is probably pretty good response on Facebook. People praying to receive the Lord. But the greatest way for us to be empowered for evangelism is to understand that God, who hung the stars, who knew your name before you went to Mama's belly, God, who has yada, He knew you, He's got a plan for your life, he has strategically placed you in these woods. Come on, somebody. Amen. Wherever you are, God has placed you. The ministry you're with, God has placed you. And the most powerful is from someone we know. Someone in our world, or if, like my mom and my sister, they really impacted my life. When it came time to, I'm either going to heaven or hell, one, I could hear mom's voice telling me, run to Jesus. So how many people got saved from a family member, a friend, or someone in your world either invited you to church, took you to church, or prayed with you? Can I see your hands? What, how'd you get saved? In the kitchen of the First Baptist Church in Marysville. So what influenced you to come into the kingdom? Well, they allowed me to sing with the choir and everything before I knew the Lord. So that would be people you know then, huh? Yeah, see what I'm saying? And I, I had made about nine trips to the altar, but I was doing it so my mom wouldn't bother me. But anyway, can we stand up right now? And uh, I'm going to, about this time, turn it back over to the pastor. I've got this oil here. I would like to pray a prayer of impartation to you guys. But allow me to lead you in a prayer right now that does that. And for those that want some oil on you, I'll be back there and I'll pray with you one-on-one. -on -one. Let's just say this, you guys. Say, Almighty God. Almighty God, today is that day, I receive all before the foundations of the earth that you've laid out for me. I'm asking to be radical, fanatical, on fire, filled with your desire. 
I'm asking to become a soldier of Jesus. I'm asking to be a radical soul winner like never before. In Jesus' name, come Holy Spirit. Touch me. Teach me. Train me from now until forever. In Jesus' name. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I hope you've enjoyed the conclusion of It's Time to Break the Back of Shipwrecked Faith by Dr. Bill Henderson. He was a special speaker at the staff of World Ministries International. He was one of the seven original members of John Jacob's Power Team. And his nickname is Pastor for Disaster because he brings food, water, and needed resources to suffering people. If you enjoy my warning radio program each and every day of the year, please help me. Do what you can. My phone number 360-629-5248. Website www.worldministries.org www.worldministries.org You can watch my programs on television. You can listen on a radio, shortwave, or podcast. Again, may God richly bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.